Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> Eight seconds ago before you logged back on, I said to Pat, I only caught it because I fucked up every week when I typed it in the rundown ah. until this week. Well, they used to call me Jesse One Take. <laughs> <laughs> This week on episode 14 of the Dying Alive podcast, the fragile ecosystem that is the Pittsburgh Penguins utterly collapses against Chicago. Does this undo everything good that just happened? When I woke up the morning of the Chicago game and I went on Reddit, And I saw that the Chicago Blackhawks had only led for 41 seconds since November 18th. I knew that when I did this show with Mike Darnay uh, of Pennsburg, say hello, Mike. I thought I wasn't getting first billing this week, but hello. Pat Damp of the Pens Vlog, say hello, Pat. Hi, Jesse. We're going to get you back on first billing. You know, I, it's an honor. I, I got to thank God. People don't realize that they used to call me Jesse One Take. But now. I had, re- I had to read you the intro of the show. I accidentally have given Mike first billing. It's no big, I, it's no big deal to me. The I'm fragile sorry. ecosystem has been thrown completely <laughs> off. It's affecting the show. But I, when, I, when I woke up that morning and I saw that stat about Chicago and I knew that they had lost eight games in a row, I knew the Penguins had lost that game. So, so two questions real quick before we continue. Did you go to Reddit Hockey before Reddit Space yesterday morning? Guys, I told you I'm done. I'm not into space right now. Okay, next question. Is Reddit part of your like morning website routine before you go to work? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let me t- how, so this is interesting that you pose it this way. So I'm assuming you do the same thing. I mean, everybody has like a morning website routine, I feel. Yeah, this, the, the iPhone and the smartphone gets everybody the... Uh, that's your that's your morning newspaper now. Yeah, I start the day with my time hop <laughs> to kind of go, you know, relive the past for a moment. Yeah, I, I usually I usually scroll through time hop while I'm still in bed. Besides, Pat, I don't I don't go to dedicated subreddits first thing in the morning. I just I need that feed. I need that raw news. <laughs> just the, the, I don't know why you posed that at me. It was Mike's question. <laughs> uh, that's true. I'm in an accusatory towards Pat Mood as always. We should talk about. I don't give a. Sh- nobody gives a shit about this. Let's be honest. They, want, like, they want a little peek like behind the curtain. Like, they want get, to know how dying alive ticks. But like things normally get better with time, right? I just don't. We're, we're trending in the opposite direction, or maybe we go as the penguins go. But 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 honestly, I I would like to hear about your morning website routine because I have one. <laughs> Is this just because you want to share yours, Mike? <laughs> no, no, I'm just I'm just legitimately curious. Yeah, I mean, I, I go I go time hop first. I'll do a cursory check for notifications on Facebook and Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, and then I go straight to Reddit. Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, Reddit's where I spend the majority of my time. It's very easy to do. Yeah. And there are good Reddit days and bad Reddit days. I'll be honest. That's like some days I spend less time in bed. Because that's Reddit the most. Sucks. That's the most honest advertisement there's ever been for Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes good, sometimes bad. More often than not, it's bad. You know what that sounds like? The Pittsburgh Penguins. This is anybody with me on this Chicago thing? Did anybody just feel it coming? 
I very much felt it coming. Um, I felt it coming almost as much as I felt the Steelers losing in Oakland. It's just, I knew it. Oh no. I had that marked off as a loss in the preseason. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you looked at Chicago, they had led for what was it, 45 seconds in a month and 41. <clears throat> just, that was off. Just knew it was inevitable that they were going to lose that game somehow and lead for a very long time. Yeah. And both things happen. And I mean, Brian rest had a hat trick. We got Brian Rust back from the uh, from the uh, abyss, Pat. We did, and I I got back to my college. I got <laughs> I got back to my college days with that game. I got fat and happy and figured it was in the bag. And why? After all these years, why? Oh, so you were you were? Uh, I was preparing for a win. Resting on your laurels, so to speak. I I even went so far as and only one person got it. Shouts to. Is it it's Sheldon Smith? I believe. Yes. If I got it wrong, I'm sorry. You uh, know what? Sheldon's a friend of the pod. He is. Yeah. And I put up in the morning of the game. I was like, Team One has player A and B that account for I think it was 32 percent of their cap, and they've only produced 60 some points. Team Two has players C, D, and E, and they only account for 26 percent of the cap, and they've accumulated 98 points can you name the team and the players and Sheldon named them correctly he did team a is the Blackhawks and it's Taves and Kane team two is the Penguins and it's Crosby Malkin Kessel it gets worse if you include like defense too yeah because they have the anchor of a Duncan Keith contract and Brent Seabrook and Brent Seahorsebrook and Brandon Manning who they are? Who they are now shopping? Correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, it sucks because you go back to the last to the games we've we've missed since our last show. A destruction against the Islanders in that six two win. A, a loss in OT against Ottawa, which they absolutely dominated. Um, a tough, you know, great shootout win against the Islanders, and then just absolute crap. But, and that Chicago but, game, they, they just. Am I wrong? There was. It looked from the onset like that was it. It it, I, it was sloppy. I'll, I'll agree with that. But I don't think at the same time, though, that looking w- with the benefit of hindsight, I don't think they were that bad. I was saying this to Mike before we uh, started recording. There's been games this year, regardless of opponent, where the Penguins come out and look like a bad hockey team. There were moments last night, especially in the third period, where they managed the puck like it was an active grenade. But all in all, I don't think they played that horribly against Chicago in the full picture. They melted down at the wrong time at the very end with an empty net and trying to tie the game. But underlying numbers, I don't think they were all that bad. Uh, I can't look at that game and, and have that same takeaway. For me, I just saw like slop. And and the thing is, is like if you the look puck at, management was terrible. Let's start there. Well, I, yeah, and I think it was fundamentally different than it was in the previous three games. That's the kicker for me. Is like if we're to judge them, you know, based on where they are in the ebb and the flow of the season, that performance last night shouldn't have happened. Uh, it kind of like for me anyway erased a lot of the good that they'd done uh, over the course. And that's what makes and look, that's what makes this Los Angeles game so crucial. 
you know, and, and looking at where they are in the standings, you needed those two points. You're going to yeah. need the next two points too. You can't now. You can't drop points given the way you started, and that's that. I think if you judge it again by how they had been playing, it, to me, it, that's what makes the game such a such a standout poor performance. Yeah, I also said to Mike. We, I was gonna say. I also said to Mike. Speaking of the LA game, I'm gonna apologize to you guys in advance. They're gonna lose in overtime because I'm writing the recap for Penn's blog, and that's been every recap I've written this year is an overtime loss. Well, maybe you shouldn't write it. Yeah. Uh, what, what I was, Maybe somebody else is available to do hey, it. Talk to Jeff. What I what I was going to say was um, in past years, the Penguins would drop a win and settle for an overtime loss in a lot of division games. But they would clean up points in the Western Conference games to try to catch up, keep pace. Those are the games you can't lose when you're when you're trying to keep pace for a wild card spot or, or in this case playing from behind. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you, you think about it, the table was set for them. Not that they knew it because scoreboard watching in December is not really a thing, but the Islanders had lost. They lost to the golden Knights and that win would have given them sole possession of third in the Metro. And that's two, that those are two valuable points you need to pick up at this juncture of the season, given, like you said, Jesse, their start. Mm. So we got to have a discussion about something that to me presents a problem. (laughs) Um, We look at this defensive structure right now, right? And I wrote about this on the athletic here recently. Jack Johnson and Marcus uh, Patterson are getting really, really sheltered minutes. I mean, really sheltered, Um, getting skipped over in the rotation a lot as the third pairing. I think they've really spent a lot of time with with Crosby and Malkin um, smattering of Broussard's line as well. Um, But really a lot of offensive zone starts. In fact, you know, up to recently, they'd only started one shift in the defensive zone off a faceoff. A lot of their shifts have been off the fly. Uh, deploying in kind of advantageous situations. Have they been good enough? And do you trust that pairing enough to move them up? Because I think we all have to agree that right now, uh, a big problem for the Penguins is the fact that uh, Jamie Oleksiak and Ole Mata have just been really poor. Right. And that's your double-edged sword and your conundrum is what is making the Johnson-Petterson pairing so effective is the usage and sheltering which is what you ideally do with a third pairing but then if you move them up to the second pairing suddenly they're going to get more minutes and they're going to become less sheltered and then you go from having your top pairing which none of us should ever feel the need to critique because Latang and Dumoulin have been unbelievable this year Uh, Alexiak and Mata isn't working and when you shelter the bottom two they work perfectly well enough so what it's similar to the do you put a second defenseman on the power play discussion where you have to think about what you're sacrificing in order to maybe bump up something that seems like it might be working yeah and it makes me think about when the penguins signed jack johnson talking about bottom pair sheltered minutes it's working fine now but you you bump up that role and things could go sideways very quickly. Sure. That, and I think that, that I guess the question would be, 
how long do you have to see this happen? Because I, I just don't think the Penguins can continue to hope that their second pairing just doesn't get buried every night, you know? Yeah, and, um, and they don't have the time to wait for Justin Schultz because we're still two months away. Yeah, so do you do you, break, you split the pairings up then at that point? I feel like at some point you have to. And you, yeah. give, that, you give that extra time to Marcus Pedersen. Yes. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. Can we increase Pedersen's minutes without increasing Jack Johnson's? Sure. Yeah. I think that's the best play because we've are, we we have more than enough of a sample size of Jack Johnson being completely and utterly ineffective to know that the bottom pairing is his home. Now the matter is finding who goes there with him. And I think given the way you've broken down the way Pedersen has gap control and keeps guys to the outside – is more than enough to get him a bump up to the second pairing. Sure. Yeah, um, and, and I feel like I personally am very critical of Jack Johnson when he makes mistakes. The way he's played on the third pairing recently, it's fine. Yeah, I have. I, I it's it's fine. This is what I expected them to use him. Like this is how I expected him to be deployed. Yeah, and it's probably how he should be deployed. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if he's going to be deployed at all, this is how you should do it. <laughs> so, you know, I, I and I Marcus Marcus Pedersen to me has been very unremarkable. Um, and I don't mean that as a, as a bad thing. Yeah. You usually, know, I, usually when a third pairing defenseman is unremarkable, that's a good thing. They're right. doing their job. Yeah, exactly. The less you notice them, the better. Right. Yeah. Um. But that second pairing, I mean, we're in we're in agreement. It's got to go. No, it's um, it's awful. A, and we got a bit of a, a situation here developing with uh, well, <laughs> uh, with Evgeny Malkin and Phil Kessel and their ability to score goals at even strength. The abil- the fact that that ability suddenly disappeared. <laughs> suddenly disappeared. Uh, so we've talked on this very show a theory that I think we've all kind of bought into a little bit is that that Malkin-Kessel duo is like that one-off chance duo, right? That they don't really establish a lot of zone time. Uh, they get out there and they they get it. They come across the blue line, they get one shot off, and then they retreat and play defense, then they come back. While they're generating high-quality chances, is this not being a real like possession-based line starting to bite them now? Yes and no. I mean... It's like you said, we don't expect them to be a established time in the zone for a significant amount of time, and eventually that leads to a goal. We expect them to be a quick strike transition pairing type line, but it's the fact that we don't expect them to be defensive stalwarts, but they need to be better in that regard because they, when they're not producing, they can't be a liability, and they're getting dangerously close to that. They're flirting with that line. Yeah, I think they look frustrated. Yeah, there's something to be said about that too and you know everybody writes about it and tweets about it and it's a pretty well-known fact when the even strength production for Evgeny Malkin starts to dry up a little bit, he tries to do just a little bit too much when he gets frustrated and it only makes it worse. Yeah, and I don't think that's uncommon for guys who are used to being able to score at will. When they're not scoring, they get frustrated and feel like they need to do something else. Yeah, that's totally fair. And, I mean, you <clears throat> you look at him the last few games, 
it's this seems like it's been the story of the last year and a half it's like they're getting chances they're just not going in and we're just holding out hope for them to go in so we know that the general manager of the team has said that he's not going to hesitate to make improvements um should he uh consider uh, the options available to him to make said improvements uh, do you gentlemen have any suggestions? Um, well, there is the the idea out there that the St. Louis Blues are very open for business. Yeah, and um, and apparently, apparently, they're, that anybody is available for business. They're not shopping top players, but they're willing to listen to offers, which I guess is what GM should be doing when their team is in turmoil. At least see what people are willing to offer. Yeah, and I'm not normally the type to do this, uh, but I have it on good authority, hot takes here, uh, that, that, that there was an exploration, at least initially, uh, between the Penguins and the Wild. The Minnesota Wild? Yeah. Is it I don't know why I said that as a question. There's not more. Okay. Uh, I, I have nothing else Okay, so else offer you. Um, I'm going to take a shot in the dark here in the chance that I may be correct. Charlie Coyle. They're going to trade Matt Cullen back. I hope so. Yeah, that's fine. Go for it. <laughs> take him back. Uh, Charlie Coyle. My God, how quickly have we changed on Matt Cullen? About what as quickly as he, about as quickly as he fell off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. There. That's the first good. Cool. Cause I mean, I mean, had. we, we were, it. Oh, Oh, <laughs> I mean, we were high on Matt Cullen during the preseason because he looked incredible, and then he wasn't. Well, because I remember we brought it up on here that at the time of signing, it was worthwhile because he finished the season strong with Minnesota, and then he had a good preseason. So with that in mind, it's like, okay, we got our fourth-line guy back, and then all of a sudden he just fell off a cliff. What was that? I said, like, sure fire 11 or 12 goals or something like that that over have, under that over under segment we did is gonna be hilarious oh that's gonna be fantastic does he have does he have one goal yet i don't think so Woo. Woo. man and hey shouts can i give a quick shout out to Derek grant though yeah he yeah He's been an unnecessary whipping boy by a lot of people in this fan base, but he's kind of been steady. So, and it's—I I mean, I would say serviceable at least. And that's all you need him to be. You don't need him to be Sid. Yeah, I will say that uh, Adam Johnson scored a power play goal recently. Oh, last night maybe. The free Adam Johnson campaign continues. Free Adam Johnson. <laughs> so anyway, so if you were. <laughs> If you were looking at St. Louis, hypothetically, you're looking I'm, at what? I mean, I'd love to say Sanko, but that ain't happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. realistically. Um, looking through their roster, I had it up here and then I lost it. I mean, Shit. I would say price is going to be too high on a guy like Colton Pareko. Yeah. Price is going to be too high on Petrangelo and he's injured. Maybe a guy like Joel Edmondson. On defense, then you have Edmondson, Alexiak, and Johnson. And yeah, Mata. I I don't like that. <laughs> well, unless you're trading, unless you're trading Olimata, I assume. Yeah. I, I assume we're all trading Olimata or Derek Broussard. 
I it has to be one of those two. I'm trying for Sarge. So I need a center back if I'm you know that's what I'm doing. Although I I mean what do you get back okay, so, I guess the question is what kind of return you get, right? Because if, if you're if the return's bigger on an Olimata, sign me up. Yeah, and, and my argument regarding a Derek Broussard trade for another center is you're trading from a position of weakness from a salary cap perspective, given the fact that Vegas retained on that deal. Yeah, that's true. Like like let's say we're talking about St. Louis. Uh any of their centers you would try to get, they have a higher cap hit. Yeah. I'd have to go. I'd have to pull up cap friendly here real quick. But a name that stuck out to me, if they're like, I'm sure you guys are looking more on the defensive side. Are we still talking St. Louis? Because I have the cap friendly in front of me. The one I'm looking at is Jaden Jaden Schwartz. Uh, five point three million for this year and two more. Yeah, that's a bit hefty. But I mean, the guy's got 115 goals and 282 points in 396 career games. So he, he was hurt this year. Pat, but I was going to go in the same direction as you. He's only 26. He produces in his career a pretty okay clip, and we're all set at right wing for the most part. Yeah. So if you can get a left winger like that at a deal and you're not – you're going to have to give to get. Let's let's get that out of the way because every Twitter Monday morning quarterback armchair GM is like, trade all our bad players for all their good players. And it's just – it's not NHL 19. That's not how it works. So, yeah. But that's a guy that I would call Doug Armstrong and see what he's looking for. So we trade only matter for, for Jaden Schwartz? I don't know if that will work straight up, but – I mean, that's the guy I would go after. I just think the, the conundrum for me is that if you give up defense, you have to get it. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and like that brings up a good point. This is a good transition. I brought this up on Twitter, and I wanted to get your thoughts about it. I feel like people have suddenly overrated the defensive ability of Justin Schultz. Defensive ability, yes. Offensive, yeah. no. Because power the offensive, play, yeah, they need power him for play, the power no. play. They need yeah. him for the power play. They need him to help generate offense. That that and that's what he's great at. That's why they need him back. Well, an underrated but, part, uh, an underrated part of his game is puck movement. He can move the yeah. puck really well. That's but that's I, one I thing they're def- missing. I see defensive miscues, and people yeah. are like, "Oh man, we need Schultz." I'm like, "What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> that's not why we need him." Like, no. But, I, mean, I think I think they also just need him in terms of addition by subtraction. You can get him back. He can eat up more minutes. It moves guys like Alexiak, like Johnson, down in the rotation. What it does is it, nar- it knocks Marcus Patterson out of the lineup unless uh, Patterson establishes himself at, at a, a very high level very soon. Right. Not gonna take well, he's got, he, he's got two months. They're not going to take out Jack Johnson. Well, no, they're not going to take out Jack Johnson, so put that to the side. I think the person you got to look at as a candidate to go out of the lineup it's is Alexiak. Yeah, and he's not played well. And I, I watched that as I was watching that game last night. There, there was an instance, there was a scoring chance in the first period where it was a really bad pinch by him. I think it actually might have been um, one of the, I don't know if it was one of the Chicago goals or if DeSmith made a good save on it, but uh, just a horrendous pinch. Puck mismanagement. Um, he looks like he did when he was in Dallas, which is yeah. concerning. Yeah. And and the thing I was going to say on Schultz as well is it's kind of to build on some stuff you've said in the past, Jesse. Is one of their biggest strengths, quote unquote, defensively, is that they have an ability to get that first pass out of the zone and go the other way. And that def- defensive miscues aside, that has been missing. 
Well, it creates two problems, right? Because you have to defend in transition, which they've proven they're not really all that good at. And then on the other side, it suffocates the best part of your team, which is the offense. Mm -hmm. Um, You're choking the life out of your own team. You know, it's like putting yourself in a sleeper hold. Yeah. And then Sidney Crosby's like the moment where, uh, you know, the guy's on the mat and they raise his arm up for the third time for the third time. And he keeps it up and then hulks up. Yeah. Yep. Of course, Brian Russ, because last night, that was, what do we what, think what about that, that though? Yeah, I was gonna say, does uh, does last night open the floodgates for him? What if he starts just banging him in? I hope so. That, I mean, how big is that? I mean, that would be what they need right now. A healthy Patrick Hornquist really changes the whole dynamic of this team too. It does. It's unbelievable. I mean, Remember when people bitched about that contract and they're like, "Oh god damn it!" Okay, so, yeah. so you know me, his zone entries. Let me um, float something here. People used to talk about how the Penguins lacked a soul when Pascal Dupuis was out of the lineup, which was false. That I feel like that. Bye, bye, bye. If you're going to mention Pascal Dupuis, pat it to music. This poor one out for a boy. Okay. But I, I feel like that is the case with Patrick Hornquist, that they play with a different sense of urgency when well, he's just a maniac is what it is and that's and, the thing is like you can and, it, and it's, it's it's contagious you could poo-poo his zone entries all you want let me throw another stat at you when he dumps the puck in the zone okay which he does <laughs> throw, a lot throw, throw it at me he retains the puck <laughs> he retains the pucks that he dumps in at over a 90 percent clip is that good what's well, it's no different than having his own entry clip that's 90 plus percent still getting the puck again <laughs> I say it again, guys. You don't ask your goldfish to meow. I just changed that from dog to goldfish because <laughs> spice of life. Hey, I'll take it. Yeah, damn right, I, I, damn right you will. And, 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 and it sounds like Hornquist is getting close to being back. I, who knows? This there's like the Secret Service these days. You know, yeah. like in the past, like you could get like tidbits of information, and now it's like on lockdown. Yeah, so now let me me ask you this. So Penguins have a three-game homestand. They host the Bruins tomorrow. They host the Kings on Saturday. They host the Ducks on Wednesday. Strong Fest 2018. How many many points do they get in those three games? Three. Who are they losing to? Boston? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I they think so. They lose in overtime to the Kings because you're right in the recap. Yep. And then they beat the Ducks outright. Yeah, and I mean, we know what we're going to see from the Ducks, right? Like, that's going to be a 2-1-3-2 slog fest because they're not a good team and they have Gibson in net. Like, yeah. If not, correct me if I'm wrong, has been, like, particularly victimized against... The Penguins is that not correct? Yeah, he, the Penguins have completely destroyed him, particularly okay. when he has been back in his hometown of Pittsburgh. Well, there, my stance stands to my theory stands. Wasn't okay. it his? Didn't he play like? It might have just been his first game in Pittsburgh as a pro, not his first game, but they lit him up. I remember. Yeah, I remember that for sure. Yeah, and I, I, correct me if I'm wrong. He got lit up last year. He got lit up last year. What I remember is two years ago when Carl Hagelin scored his first goal as a Penguin against the Ducks. Against the Ducks. Yeah. 
what a special day that was. <laughs> no, but I. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that was that was home to one of the worst Steigerwald calls I've ever heard. Well, here I have to refresh my memory. It was. He gets a goal as a penguin against the team that paid his wages, and I was like, "Oh, yeah. can we hey. do a whole? Can we do a whole episode with Paul Steigerwald sound bites?" Oh, I'd rather not. Um, I want I, I want, want people to listen to this <laughs> show, Mike. Uh, quick, real quick, before before we do anything else, shout out to Bob Cole. Uh, his last hockey night in Canada game uh, will be this April. It'll be uh, Maple Leafs and Habs. April 9th, I believe, is the date. Um, really, one of my favorites of all time. Honest to goodness. I love listening to him call games, even today. Even today, yeah. and that, like Saturday night vibe that he gives you is is, is super super special. Um, my favorite moment of his, um, and we'll cue this up in the show for you in a minute. But uh, when Lemieux scored, um, uh, I believe it was was it yeah it was the North Star the, the O baby goal. Yeah, that was the oh, North Star yeah. goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's Lemieux, the center penalty coming up. Lemieux, oh baby, <laughs> like he's that like he, he's like the way to make that last word like staccato, you know. Just got, it's just, it's just like hung out there. Ah, no, he's great. He's he is the vo- he he's one of the voices of hockey. Like when you think of guys who narrate the game, it's Bob Cole. Listen, I can hear those papers rustling in the background. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I only have two papers. I can see that. That's good. That's good. You're back on first billing. <laughs> That's actually I'm retroactively applying it to what I gave you today. So next week's still up in the air then. Yeah, absolutely. It depends okay. on the behavior for the rest of the week. <laughs> okay. Okay, Dad. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What are you drinking, Pat? What am I drinking? Yeah. I'm having a Jameson and ginger beer. I feel like this is unprecedented. It, he needs more ice, though. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you. Well, you're the doctor, first of all. You, you know. But I feel like you're you're straight. You're normally a straight beer guy. I am, but uh, it's the holidays, so you gotta switch it up a little bit. You're feeling somebody's feeling classy, <laughs> Cla- classy and festive. Yeah, Cla- I am the elf on the shelf. Proceed, Michael. Uh, first question from friend of the pod, Tim Bowers. By the way, can we can we not <laughs> just real quick? I want to throw a PSA out there for, before I forget. Can we stop with the FMK questions, please? We're not I, answering wait, them. Wait, wait, wait. I did not see one of those this week. Did I miss it or was it sent only to you? No, it was, uh, it was a P- PGH guy in VA. Oh, oh, the, oh, it wasn't yeah, an FMK yeah. question. Oh, oh, it was more yeah. of like oh, yeah. a yeah, Lowell's question. Oh, I, I nobody's killing or any with anyone. <clears throat> I, I struck that down the second I saw it. Yeah, that was Lowell. He's great. Yes. Yeah, shouts uh, out Lowell. So Tim Bowers asks. Friend of the pod. Do the Penguins players practice as a team, and have they met before they play a game? <laughs> <laughs> night and what version of the penguins we get yeah sometimes no <laughs> which which herein lies the problem with the penguins 
Yeah, Jake Gensel and Brian Doolin have because they keep pumping out that NHL 19 promo they're both doing. So, like, those are the only two that have practiced together. Yeah. Anyway, um, good job, Tim. That was funny. Yeah. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> B asks, when can we panic about the Penguins? Feel free right now if you want. That's, that's how you want to live your life. <laughs> I was just—I was that's just so saying, mean. No, no, it's not me. I'm saying I can't tell you what. That's how you want to live your life, I guess. I, I prefer to be ambivalent about everything. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. But I mean, Mike's Mike's literal motto is "It's no big deal to him." It, that is correct. Say no more. Now, if you are the type to worry about a sports team in the manner of their season. Especially hockey season, I would say probably about January one is when you should start worrying. Yeah, agreed. Mike, you should get a post Malone style tattoo on your head that says it's no big deal. Can I get it <laughs> some, somewhere other than my head? And then maybe like on your neck to me. Can, can I get it? <laughs> can I get it like somewhere that I can cover up when I go? If somebody's really good at Photoshop, please. Oh, please. <laughs> thank, thank you so much. No big deal to me. Uh, <laughs> uh, Laura asks, <clears throat> what's your go-to background noise slash laundry folding TV show? Bob's Burgers. I'm going to say Law & Order. The Office. All good choices. Are you talking SVU, Mike? I am. Oh, it's tough to watch while you're cooking. <laughs> well, um, well, like, like just doing chores around the house, you can leave it on, pop in, okay. pop out. Okay, I thought you were... Especially because they're, they're all reruns for the most part. And it's on all the time. That's what, that's what I mean. I can I'm, not, pop, yeah, I'm not complaining about it. I, I, can, I can pop no, in... No, I'm not. I'm just like, you, you set your watch to SVU being on. You, you pop in the living room, and it's like, oh, I've seen this episode. And you come back an hour later, and it's like, oh, I've seen this episode too. <laughs> Uh, let's see what else we got here. <clears throat> Bioshock. What do the Penguins need under their Christmas tree more than anything else for 2019? Goaltending. Yeah. Yep. They need Matt Murray and they need Matt Murray in form. They need 2016-2017 Matt Murray. Uh, Chad Tully asks, what is, or not what, who is your go-to Smash Brothers character? Well, it depends, I guess. Depends on the version. Yeah, that's a big one. So, like, because for GameCube, um, I was big. I was a big Samus Yoshi guy. I don't have an opinion on this because I've always been a PlayStation guy, not a Nintendo guy. Huh. So. I am purchasing the new one um, soon, so I'll report back accordingly. I usually want Wario. Mm. Fair. <clears throat> Uh, it's always good see. to go with someone the same height as you. Oh. It never ends, folks. It never ends. <laughs> you did that to yourself. Okay, so uh, Eric and Jesse, you can correct me if I'm wrong on the pronunciation here. Majeski, the OG Penguins blogger. Oh, Eric. Yes. Just Majeski. Majeski, Majeski, I wasn't sure. But I'm a big fan of Eric. Everybody should be. Yes. That wolf. Uh, he says, as we all know, you can't talk about hockey unless you've played. So when will you be organizing a pickup game so listeners can see how knowledgeable you all are firsthand? <laughs> I mean, anytime. I'm, heads up. Uh, I'm not. I don't just, know people have this thing that I, I'm not good. 
I I can't <laughs> be honest. Like I can't skate. Like, I can't skate. No one said it had to be ice hockey. Yeah. Oh, okay. It could be all inclusive. That's better. And yeah. I would I would love if we did something like that yeah, at some point. Should. That'd be a ton we of should. fun. Yeah, hit, hit me up. We I'll bring the beer. I'll bring the beer. Sounds good. Can I confirm guess. he does he he does that when we golf. He brings the beer. Uh let's see. Maris Moon asks, when is Justin Schultz coming back? Because Crystal Tang is exhausted. Oh, <laughs> might be. I like February. the fra- I like the framing of that though. February. I feel like he's exhausted of most of the people around him. <laughs> he's like he's like the guy who works in an office and he's the only one who does anything. You know, yo, uh, I think it was Yohi. It might have been, might have been Rob. And I apologize if it was, but uh, was talking this week and um, was like, "Look, this he just they had a encounter, I guess, uh, in the room, not a bad one." Um, and he said, "Latang just got that swagger back." Oh, that was Yohi. I remember reading yeah, that. Yeah, oozing off of him. I think that's. I think that's good. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Oh. Could you imagine if that wasn't the case right now? <laughs> he, where, is that, would that be the type where he is arguing with refs out of the penalty box door? You mean cross-checking refs? That too. <laughs> uh, Chris Kraft asks, who is a better player, Marie Philip Pouline or Hillary Knight? Oh, man. You know I'm going with Hillary Knight. I agree. Yeah. I have to. I mean, I have to or I'm a traitor to my country. Unanimous. Uh, Rabid Mutant asks, does this team lack a disciplinarian slash hard ass to hold guys accountable? He specifically mentions Gary Roberts. Now, nah. oh, oh, you mean he he means like player, not coach. Oh, yeah. OK, that's like good. player player. Yes. Uh, um, I say no. Um, they're not 23 years old anymore. No. Um, also, we we mentioned the impact a player like Patrick Hornquist has as it is. Yeah. So that's were you unanimous no, on that no too? For, that's, a, that's a no for me, dog. Yeah, and I was, I, was, I was getting my why disciplinarian coaches are bullshit rant ready to go, but not necessary today. You can save that for another day. We'll need it later. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Rachel asks, <clears throat> what is your favorite spice slash seasoning? And it can be an individual or a spice blend. Old Bay. That's a good one. She mentioned smoked paprika, which I agree with. I would also say uh, garam masala. I'm a big cayenne pepper guy. Mm. That's good. I have no problem with any of those. Uh, let's see here. I had uh, two people actually asked the same question. Devin and Caitlin both asked, what are your favorite Christmas cookies? Read all of Caitlin's question, damn it. Um, I don't have it in front of me. Hold on. I'll get, I'll get it up on Twitter, but go ahead and give your answers. Let's see. Where did it go? Gingerbread, I guess. Gingerbread's fucking disgusting. Depends. Not, not, not like the cook. You can make it in like a cake as a cake. Okay. <laughs> I believe the question was about cookies. I need a heated debate about the number one ranked Christmas cookie. Parenthesis, if Pat says that one of you took his answer, I'll drive over there and beat him up myself. End parenthesis. Yeah, apparently, apparently Caitlin is not happy with Pat's opinions. Listen, 
Apparently, here's the the, the, the yeah. You know who else is in all of Twitter? Okay, drink- get on board. <laughs> the drinking game is when I interrupt someone and say sorry for interrupting, <laughs> and when Pat says, "God damn it, you stole my answer." Okay, so I'm going to answer first, so I can steal Pat's answer. Um, the correct answer and the only answer are the cookies with a little Reese mini Reese cups in them. Didn't steal my answer, thank God. God, those are so stupid. It's snickerdoodle on a walk, dude. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. Wait, wait, wait. Right. Are we counting that? That's when uh, that's oh, when they always that's I'm when they in, I'm in, that's I'm when in. they always got baked I'm in, in my house as a kid. All right. So I'm my in. my I'm issue my issue never been more wrong. This is unbelievable. <laughs> All right. A fuck you. Wow. First wow. B salt. My problem with both Snickerdoodles and Ginger Snaps is that a lot of people don't make them well. That's not our problem, Salt Bay. <laughs> Anyways. I rest my case. Moving on. <clears throat> case dismissed. Morgan asks if you can Bring in the dancing lobsters. Wait. Oh, is this friend of the... Is this member number one, Morgan? <laughs> Indi- individual one, Morgan. <laughs> if you could go back and change something in the history of the penguins, what would it be? No, no cancer for Lemieux. Oh, that's more serious than I was thinking. <laughs> I mean, mine isn't kind of serious too. My answer, but... my answer sucks now. <laughs> uh, go ahead and steal I, Pat's mic. I was going to say uh, the penguins draft Philip Forsberg instead of Derek Pouliot. <laughs> that's a really good one. Yikes. I was gonna say uh, someone other than Howard Baldwin buys the team. Ooh, another good one. I feel like that this could be one that went back and forth for hours. Oh yeah. Um, also, shout out to Nick Mercadante for his Mario Lemieux factoids recently. Yeah, that was wild. Uh, particularly, he dug deep in on Lemieux's ninety-two, ninety-three season when he came from behind to catch Pat Lafontaine. Mm. Dude, that. Like I, that was like my introduction to the Penguins, basically. Like as I started becoming a bigger, more coherent fan as a kid. Not bigger, just float that one out there for everybody who wants to roast me on that. But yeah, like watching that video, of the ninety two, ninety three season, just being like, wait, he had nine points in that game. Yep. Uh, looks like I have two more. Uh, question from Jay: What are you wishing for for Christmas? You know, this is what sucks about adulthood. I don't really have a Christmas list. I am Argyle, something cool, something like an Argyle sweater. I'm wishing for a few days off. There you go. Yeah, that's good. There you go. Uh, and last question is from Luke Larkin. He asks about uh, what does the Penguins training and conditioning program look like and he mentioned about how we hear about maintenance days and conditioning at the beginning of the season and wonders how that changes through the season and how a team like the Penguins flip the switch to the second half of the season into the postseason well the maintenance days become more common yeah especially for veterans Mike Sullivan said on um, it was the day before the Blackhawks game so it was Tuesday Mike Sullivan said on Tuesday um, he was basically talking about that and said, like, we're not actually going to practice, like, as a team. Uh, so a that, answer, that answers Tim's question. 
Yeah. Well, as like they're not going to have uniform formal ones a lot during this next stretch because they play so many games in so many days. And he goes, so expect to not see people. And it was basically it was a preemptive strike by him saying, like, don't start asking me about. Yeah. You know, maybe it's days. He's like, because there could be a lot of them. Um, so, yeah, as the year wears on. Um, yeah. So, so it's like it's like, don't ask me on Friday why Phil's not here. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> and, and it's it's such Shout a out sl- to him, by the way, fourth all time now for the Penguins, uh, 267 straight. Big. And it's it's such a slog to the NHL season. I mean, you're going from October to early April. It's undoubtedly the best hockey league on the planet and the speed at which these guys play in this day and age bumps and bruises and everything is gonna build up and become a part of those little injuries so you can't have these guys at practice every day between games running drills working hard because then by the time you get to April, they're just they fall apart. They're, they're hurt. They fall apart and they're just exhausted. And they like, start to resent you. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you look at the standings, they're fourth in the division first or third in the wild card. They still have 45 games to play. I remember Paul Bissonette telling a story about how late in the season when you're somebody tried to bag skate Mario Lemieux. And he just, skated, he, he just <laughs> got off. Right he just got, got off the ice. Off. Skated right off the ice. I was like, yeah, no. And I, to kind of build on that too, I remember if you go back and watch one of the great historical pieces of the Penguins, the against the odds tape of their '91 Stanley Cup. Great soundtrack. They have yeah, it's the NFL film soundtrack. It's yeah. fantastic. Um, if they have the one segment about Bob Johnson on it and. They talk. He was talking about how intense Kevin Stevens was, and he basically said, "Like, I told, I told Stevens, don't think about hockey tomorrow. We have the. You don't have to come to practice. Go watch something on TV. Go to dinner. Just get hockey off your mind because that's going to make him a better player in the long run." Yeah, this is the last thing that I'll say before we close it out. But there were two other things that he did. Um, because I love Bob Johnson, but there were two other things that he did that were both zany and hilarious and I think kind of broke up that slog that you were talking about and the monotony of it. Um, I remember uh, the year they won the Cup, uh, they were struggling uh, to think uh, of a power play zone entry against the New York Rangers. And they were really getting killed by their penalty kill. It was super aggressive. They couldn't get it in the zone. Um, They were a real patient, methodical team on the power play and um, there's again all kinds of problems were being presented. So when they, you know, Badger Bob's thinking about this the whole time. You know, it's like, how am I going to solve this? You know, what's the problem? He gets this genius idea. And when they arrive in New York, in lieu of having them get on the ice the morning the next day because they got there late, they went up to the ballroom at the top of the hotel and practiced with chairs. <laughs> so they basically, yeah, so they basically had chairs set up. Uh, as defensemen and had guys with their equipment running around up there uh, practicing uh, the zone entries in the ballroom of the uh, hotel room in New York and it worked the next day uh, they finally cracked the code and got a couple power play goals Um, and the other one was constantly forcing people into these weird sort of he he pigeonholed them in the weirdest way and like a good example is like Larry Murphy like he constantly forced Larry Murphy to eat bananas 
And like Larry Murphy to this day would be like, every time I saw him, he'd tap me and he'd say, hey, Murph, you need to eat a banana. Like, <laughs> the weirdest. And he had like a the same thing for everybody where he would like have this bizarre eccentric sort of thing that he would push them to do every day that didn't make any sense, but also broke up the monotony. of the He day. also, he also used to really bust, uh, off Samuelson on skating. Like, and it wouldn't be to him. It would be to everybody else. Like he would be just gliding backwards and practice like on a two on one or three on two drone. And be like, yeah, look, look at off skate. Look at him go. Just, look at him go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, but yeah, to go back on what Jesse said, when you're talking about an eight or nine month season, keeping things loose and, making sure your team doesn't hate you by the end of the year is very important. Um, we got anything that uh, we're plugging? Nope. No. Uh, I'll have the recap on Saturday after that OT loss. If you guys want to read that. That's it. Um, all right. Well, that only leaves us with one thing. And uh, uh, this uh, week's uh, winner uh, for uh, Vine of the Week comes from uh, uh, Pat Dam. I got a question. Can blind people see their dreams? <laughs> Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-